0: hey everybody this is the mma spectator i am john gibbons and thanks for tuning in today i speak to a man named matt busan he is the head coach right-hand man to coach kale over at the training lab they're doing a bunch of interesting things going on over there and i talked to matt about how we got into athletic training and performance interesting stuff that they've got going on over at the training lab and we touch on the separation of TJ Dillashaw and the lab. And then also we discuss all the future business plans for the training lab themselves. If you want to find Matt on Instagram, he is at at CoachBossTLab. Look for his podcast there. Very interesting stuff coming up. He's just started as well. Or you can go over to at training underscore lab, and that is T-R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G underscore lab. And for your online classes, go check out the Training Lab's website. And if you do sign up for any online programs in the message box, please put promo code dash spectator to take advantage of any discounts that they might be offering at the time. Again, thanks for tuning in. And please go onto all platforms where you might be listening to this leave a five-star review, follow, like, comment, tag friends there and over here on Instagram, anything that they might find interesting. It helps spread the word, and I really appreciate it. And enjoy the episode. Thanks. I just wanted to say I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I know you guys are building a lot of stuff over there and working on everything you got going on, so I appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, no problem at all, man. Thank you.
0: So I'd like to take this time to just kind of get to know you and then obviously the business that you're working for, back to the beginning, uh, just kind of how you even got into athletics and things like that. Did you play any competitive sports as a kid and into high school, college, and so on?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess this started for me. I got a, a bit of a funny story. I'm actually um half Australian. Uh, half American so uh, I was born in the US and I moved to Australia when I was eight months old so kind of my younger years I was exposed um, to a lot of rugby that's kind of my main sport I started playing when I was a little kid Um, and just you know any anything kind of full contact nature that's that's always been my sport Um, I moved to the US to start high school when I was about 14 Uh, started living with my dad and then when I was about 15 got into mixed martial arts Um, I actually watched the movie Ong Bak uh, which is a Thai movie about about Muay Thai Um, I saw that movie when I was a kid and just kind of got obsessed with with martial arts and Wanting to train there So I got involved In mixed martial arts Myself at about uh, 15, 16 um, Tried to do that uh, that was kind of In my head I mean of course I was in high school But I was like You know in my head I'm, I'm going to be a pro athlete This is how it's going to work Like I'm just going to be A pro fighter um, As you can imagine uh, About 15 years ago There wasn't Anywhere near As many opportunities To, to kind of train And compete Like there were now and, and in fact Actually back then Mixed martial arts Was still illegal um, So the only way That you could get a fight Was, was illegally Down in Mexico Or, or on an Indian reservation um, here in the U.S., um, so kind of from there, uh, I, I I actually went to London, uh, did some studying in London, and kind of from there as a uh, nearly as an adult, I guess an adolescent in 1920, got back into rugby, uh, moved to moved back to Australia to start going college out there and then try to play semi-professionally um, out there, uh, got hurt again, so I've kind of always been around sports, um, always been around full contact sports, that's kind of my, my, my main first love, so American football, rugby, and mixed martial arts are kind of my, my main three, um, so I guess that's a, a bit of background on myself and kind of how I got into the game. Um, as they say those who can play those who can't coach coach so I ended up coaching or sorry those who can't play end up coaching so it's it's obvious what I ended up doing so um yeah i guess that in in a nutshell is kind of a bit of my story and sporting background from there
0: what did you start uh training athletes right away or was it kind of did you hit kind of like a low point of not being able to compete yourself and then just kind of had to think about how you could still be around that's yeah, that's a great for...
1: that's a great great question. So, um when I was uh about 7 days after of my 21st birthday, um I got hurt. Uh I got hurt in a in a routine rugby drill, um just a, a, at our practice, um broke my ankle. Uh, ended up being a pretty severe ankle injury. Um I was in crutches for about 5 months took me about seven months how to uh, to learn how to walk again properly to get the range of motion and stuff back in my ankle um and it was nearly ten eleven months before I could run again from the date of the injury so that kind of whole year um was two thousand ten was was a really low year for myself just somebody that was so active and involved in so many different sports and training, you know, pretty much every day um, to pretty much not being able to do anything, you know, walking on crutches. I couldn't even go to the grocery store without a friend being there and helping me out. Um, So that kind of, that was, that was pretty tough. And then from there, that's when I really got into, I guess the coaching side of things. So of course, because of my own injury, um, I got really, really obsessed with um, like injury rehab, uh, a lot of injury prevention things, just trying to get you know joints back to their um, normal function and things like that. So I guess because my career kind of kind of got. Got cut short as I saw it. Um, I knew that I, I wanted to be around this lifestyle and, and, you know, around pro athletics and sports and have the ability to travel around the world and, and experience different things. So from there, that's when I kind of turned my um, time and attention into coaching. Um, I was fortunate enough to earn an internship opportunity at Stanford University. So I moved from Australia to Stanford to start that. Um, and that was really uh, pretty, one, one of the best experiences um, ever. So it's kind of a, it sucked that I was no longer able to play, but it was cool at the same time because now I was kind of thrown into this world of of coaching and and just jumped on a whole bunch of opportunities from there. So, um, you know, kind of, it it sucked, but very fortunate at the same time.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I I definitely, uh, could imagine, you know, ending your own athletic career and then kind of seeing what's going to go on after that. But I mean, being able to move all over, kind of live all over the world and then being able to come back over here, going to Stanford and, uh, finding your path that way, I mean it's definitely an interesting and uh exciting path to get down to what did lead yeah. you where you're at um yeah, so yeah when you're definitely. work <laughs> when you're working with athletes are uh, are there any particular sports that you try to stick around um or are you open to anybody and then on that, do you have a particular athlete that you like working with the most uh not person uh, but background
1: yeah, great question um. I guess again I, I stick to kind of my, my three personal favorites, again, just uh, American football, rugby, and mixed martial arts. For me, they've kind of been the the, the pinnacle of, of training athletes because because of those sports and the nature, I mean I guess I'm amazed going to kind of end up being my absolute favorite just because of the different dynamics of the sport and there's so many different challenges and different body types you know whereas you know kind of with, with American football and rugby, you kind of get a, a pretty generalized you know, body of type of guy that you need, you know, somebody that's big and can run fast and can tackle. Whereas mixed martial art, it's, it's really, it's, uh, it's kind of like Pandora's box, honestly, you know, there's so many different body types and styles and, you know, guys are the kind of tall and lanky and, you know, more kickboxing style versus, you know, you're very strong and powerful, um, you know, more wrestler backgrounds and different things like that. So I I guess mixed martial art for me has kind of always been the most challenging, um, just again, because of all those different variables. Um, but I, I really love all of the above. And on that note, we don't just work with athletes here at the training lab. We, we work with all different types of clients. We have kids programs. Um, we run, uh, uh like a fit camp training camp for a lot of the parents. Um, so I kind of work with, with all ages, populations, groups, sizes, and, and all of the above, but definitely kind of have my, my favorites that I like to work with. Um, in terms of a favorite one athlete, uh, man, that'd be, that'd be so hard to pick, um guys and and different athletes, Uh, I guess right off the top of my head, number one would have to, the name that sticks out would be a guy like Andrew Luck, you know, big time football player, but just also super, super humble guy. Um, It was kind of funny that when I spent time around him, I was only an intern at at the time at Stanford, but he would actually spend a lot more time asking me questions, you know, about my life and growing up in Australia and things like that. So that was always kind of cool. And so I guess anytime I get that question, it, it almost instantly, he always sticks out, but then... I mean, work with so many other great uh, athletes. Um, Kyle Noak, a UFC fighter from Australia, um, I worked with him for a couple of years in Australia, and he—he's absolute man. I kind of look at him like a, like an older brother figure. So yeah, he—he was he great. Um, but I mean, again, I, the the list could go on. I've worked with some really really cool people. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a hard question to answer, I guess.
0: Oh <laughs> no right, no no problem. So when you're doing the physical training for the athletes, um, this is going to be kind of a two part. Are you doing the nutritional side of things? as well or are you leaving that up to a nutritionist and if you do leave it up to a nutritionist how closely are the two of you building a game plan for a particular athlete together
1: yeah great question. um so I guess for 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 me and the kind of system that uh, Coach Cal and I are building here at the training lab, um of course, he's the absolute world's best you know in terms of biochemistry, nutrition, all of those side of things so um of course i I leave a lot of that stuff uh, up to him, and I kind of just follow his lead. Um, so he and I work very closely we 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 meet regularly almost every day, if not uh, every other day. Um, so he kind of handles a lot of that side of things, especially with our, our big time athletes, you know, with their weight cutting and things like that. So I'm still learning uh, a whole lot, especially when it comes to a lot of the weight cutting side of things. But um, so I guess I, I handle a lot of the, the strength and conditioning, a lot of the athlete performance. Um, like training programs and things like that, and then again, I'm I'm working very closely with Coach Cal and learning um, a lot of his methods. Uh, a lot of the methods and stuff like that we're putting together in a in a, in a course as well. We created an online course last year that's going really well for for people to kind of start learning a, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that we do with a lot of these guys. So that's been cool as well. But yeah, for for the most part, the nutrition side of things comes straight from um coach cow and I, I, i'm kind of here just learning i have studied a little bit um of sports nutrition and things like that just as part of my degree but um kind of once i started looking at like what is my niche going to be i went down the musculoskeletal kind of biomechanics um side of, of sports performance
0: okay very cool yeah so you, uh, you guys have everything is going to be it's going to be like a one-stop shop and everything's right oh. house
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that That's our goal. And so with myself and Coach Cow as well as a, a team of medical doctors we've brought in, uh, we've teamed up with another outfit called uh, O2 Health Lab that does a lot of the recovery um, side of things. We're, we're bringing in doctors that have all types of really, really cool and cutting-edge kind of, I guess, processes or protocols that are that are brand spanking new. So, yeah, that, that's our goal here is to have an absolute one-stop shop. Um, you know, we kind of don't really need to refer out to anybody else. That, that's our goal.
0: Awesome. Uh, so when a new athlete walks in the door, um, could you give just a, a simple, I don't want you to give away exactly what you guys do, but just kind of a step-by-step process of what you do before working with them, All right, just to kind of get like a baseline of what they're able to do. Do you put them through workouts, do you do blood samples, uh, or kind of just to get your baseline and you know where they stand, What what do you guys kind of do?
1: Yeah, the great question. Uh, so the first thing that we do is kind of we come in, uh, depending on the level of, of, of athlete or client, of course. I mean, we could just, you know, do a really, really basic program like we run for our kids or all the way up to, you know, a, a world champion level athlete. Um, so basically a way that would come in, we'd come in, uh, talk about, you know, their goals and different things like that. Um, once we kind of figure out what, what their goals are and what they want to do, then – we kind of figure out, okay, what kind of information do I need to know about that? So, of course, if it comes to me and building the the strength and conditioning kind of performance program, um, I perform some type of movement assessment, um, some type of uh, – uh, and it doesn't have to be a, a real strict kind of scored assessment, but just something where I'm putting them through movements and starting to get an idea and understanding of what their body's capable of, how well they can move um, before we start loading it. You know, as you can imagine, if there's some type of yeah. – you know, li- limitation in the left hip or something, obviously, I'm not going to load that up with a heavy back squat, um, you know, potentially cause even more issues or, or, or something like that. So we put them through uh, some type of movement assessment. That gives me a great idea of where they are uh, mechanically. And then uh, we'll go into Coach Cal's uh, metabolic testing room, and we'll do a number of metabolic tests. The first one we do is a RMR, which is a resting metabolic rate. Uh, and that basically just tells you how much energy you're you're expending and how much energy you need to, to eat and, and fuel just kind of on a daily basis. And then um, we could do any number of other tests, like a VO2 max test, um, if we're looking at, you know, a high-performance athlete. Um, for anybody else, for any type of client, we recommend a, what's called a HTMA, a hair tissue mineral analysis test. Um, what that does is you just take a little clipping of hair, um, send it into the lab, and it, it basically breaks down and gives you a nutrient and mineral profile Um, of kind of like where your current healthy levels are at, or or if you're not healthy, you know, you've got imbalances with some, you know, heavy metals or or toxic metals and things like that. Um, And then from there, that kind of gives us a a really good baseline of where the athlete or client is metabolically as well as mechanically. So from there, we can start putting together a plan for for nutrition, um, for training, uh, even for hydration and different things like that. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of a really unique process, and and as I've been here with Coach Cal, we're kind of refining that process and and building it out, you know, to be even more and more detailed, which has been pretty cool um, to kind of learn. And again, a lot of the processes that he that he uses are really cool. So that's kind of how the process would go. We go through some type of movement assessment, and then um, a number of different metabolic assessments as well. Kind of again, depending on what the client's looking for, what their goals are, um, and different things like that.
0: Uh, so, touching on that, doing like the, sending in the hair test and everything, and then you guys got mm-hmm. the program, uh, this is kind of kind of within that realm, but kind of jumping forward, and mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to another question, um, but do you guys, you guys offer online stuff through your, through the training lab now, too.
1: That's true. Is
0: Do you guys, is that on the table as one of the offers to where somebody like me, I'm over in Michigan, something I could send you guys some samples. Uh, maybe pictures of myself, you could see what the body type is. Maybe questionnaire, and could yeah. work remotely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We we have a remote coaching that we started a, a couple of months ago. So with the hair test, um, the lab's actually in Texas. So you send them um, you send them the hair test, take seven to ten days in the lab, they'll analyze it, send you and myself a report, and then uh, before we get on a consultation, I would do some pre readings, go through the report start looking at your nutrient and mineral balances, you know, maybe something like you need some more electrolytes like sodium, potassium, or we need to increase things in your diet like magnesium or or calcium or any number of those things. Um, We do the consultation over the phone or via video conference. Um, And then from there, we kind of start creating an action plan like, all right, what types of Um, lifestyle and dietary changes do we need to start making, you know, each day um, from here on out to start making some changes. Um, So that's definitely how it works. It works online remotely, um, which, again, we started a few months ago now, and it's starting to build up. Um, I've done probably over 50 different HTMA hair test consults now since I started learning the process from Coach Cal, and and those clients have literally been all over the world. I've I've talked to people in in uh, in Chile, in Europe, um, in Australia, New Zealand, um, all over the U.S. from kind of East Coast, Florida uh new york texas um you know to here over here on the uh, west coast in california um so it's kind of it's kind of cool and it's a really unique process that you know it, it's everything that we do here uh, and the moniker that coach Cal came up with is, is success through science and and i really love that because that's essentially at the end of the day exactly what we're doing you know we, we don't do anything via guesswork we're not guessing on oh, maybe you should eat some of this or maybe you should eat some of that With with doing all of these tests and getting tangible evidence and data, um, we can take that information and then make, you know, educated choices um, on exactly what to eat, on exactly what not to eat, or when we should rest and recover, and and all these different types of things. It it really comes down to a point where, you know, there is no guesswork. It's coming down from what the numbers are telling us.
0: Uh, That's fantastic, because there's, I mean, not to knock any doctors or anything like that, but, I mean, you go in for, you know, a yearly physical, and they're saying, oh, hey, your cholesterol is a little high, you know, kind of watch these foods and eat a little bit more of this, and we'll see you next year. You know, they're just trying to make sure you're not killing yourself right Mm -hmm. now, but not necessarily trying to get you in better shape and uh, a fully healthier lifestyle. Or a lot of these small MMA gyms, you know, all over the country that they don't have great trainers. They might have guys that you can sit in the gym and train with and learn some techniques, but, you know, they don't have somebody like you guys in there every day, you know, watching what they're eating, getting them on these plans. And, I mean, that's fantastic that they got somewhere. They can go online, put in their stuff. It doesn't matter where you're at, who you're affiliated with. You know, it's something that, you know, you pay for the service and you're going to get something back that's honorable and in the right direction. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's definitely the goal, too.
0: So being a young guy, initially meeting world-class athletes, coming in to start doing training, do you... Do you ever feel that they're questioning your direction or <laughs> do you think that, you know, who you're affiliated with they come in and their open ears right off the bat?
1: No, that's that's a uh, really really great question actually. I, one I haven't been asked for a long time. Um uh I guess may, I I might be a little biased and I definitely got a little chip on my shoulder, but but being so young in this field um I've felt very uh ageist, I guess, uh f- for a very long time, even back to like my early twenties when I first started working with a bunch of pro athletes. I was maybe uh twenty one or twenty-two at the time. Um so I think I think that's just something that I've always been dealing with. So maybe something I'm always going to deal with. Um I think unfortunately too the nature of the beast in strength and conditioning as a profession is a lot of it is guilty till you know, uh, guilty till proven innocent instead of the other way around. You know, so a lot of the times it's like, oh, if this program works or if these methods work. Um, And it's like for me, it's like I've been using a lot of these same methods. Of course, the new stuff I've learned from Cal, but a lot of the other stuff I've learned from, again, really, really phenomenal coaches nearly 10 years ago, it's not my own stuff. It's just stuff I've learned from really great coaches and have have applied it in my own way. Um, So there have been definitely points throughout my career where I have – felt very, very frustrated in in that sense where, you know, I kind of have felt like, you know, I wasn't listened to or kind of looked down to because I was, you know, a lot younger, Uh, maybe more so in my academic career. Um, I used to have to go to a lot of meetings and and presentations and things like that, where I was literally the youngest person in the room by maybe 20 or 30 years. Um, So I kind of, in that sense, I've kind of, it's been a little frustrating, but for the most part, I mean, sports, the the beauty of sport is that if you know what you're talking about, people are going to understand it very quickly um and, and for myself has been involved in these sports so when i'm talking to athletes and things like that i, I really i think a lot of that kind of doubt will start getting dispelled once i kind of start talking once i start coaching and doing my thing um i think it's pretty quick that people can see i know what i'm talking about you know i love this stuff um i've spent a lot of years and a lot of time kind of perfecting it and, and trying to get better at it so i think those those points start coming out of the woodwork and, and get rid of maybe some of that doubt or something like that, you know, because of my age or or something else. But it is definitely something I felt and experienced throughout my career, um, for sure.
0: All right. Uh, Would you mind sharing any knowledge, even very basic on something that you would tell parents and young athletes, I'm talking, you know, 10, 11, maybe even up to 14 or 15 years old of a couple of things to start doing and maybe to stop doing right now that could be hindering them in a, in a performance-based level and maybe shorten their career. And then some things yeah. that you might see, Hey, if you do this, this is going to give you a little bit longer longevity and not jeopardize uh, on even a college career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest one, especially if we, if we are talking more about kind of younger combat sport um, athletes, the, the way that they condition, you know, stop, stop running and running and running and running, and, and especially when you're weight cutting and you're eating no food and you're running even more, um, just the the load and and the uh, the accumulation of, of that load and joint forces and stuff when you're already now depleted from not eating calories, uh, that that alone, once you start doing it over a course of years and years and years, that can cause so many different issues like knees and ankles and hips and low back and things like that so I definitely recommend find another way to to condition maybe something shorter maybe on a bike some battle rope something like that just try to get rid of a lot of those heavy heavy miles you know we're we're not long distance runners so we don't need to train like that Um, that would always be kind of the biggest one I try to tell kids Uh, and then another is, is really nice and easy Just paying attention to your hydration and to your sleep. Those two are massive in terms of um, performance and and even recovery as well. So really easily, you know, a lot of kids will be drinking water, maybe carry a water bottle. That's one of the the cues that we always tell our athletes and clients. Make sure you're carrying around a metal water bottle uh, with you. Um, But then not just having water with it, make sure you add electrolyte. Um, Things that we recommend is real nice and easy, just lemon and lime juice and maybe a pinch of Himalayan pink salt. Um, that way you're getting a lot of the electrolytes, you know, you're getting the water into your cells and down to the cellular level, which is what your body needs. Um, those two are kind of the biggest ones I tell kids because they are very easy to do. You know, carry a water bottle around, make sure you get your electrolytes. Staying hydrated is huge, and that's just for um, overall kids' development and as they're growing and things like that. You know, making sure that their their brain's firing right. You know, their coordination is, is on point, things like that. And hydration and the electrolytes is a huge aspect of that. Um, that's kind of often looked and, and, and neglected. So I guess those those two right there, ni- nice and easy um, do's and don'ts.
0: Yeah. Well, well, one question on that: at what age a, a kid that's still growing, again, uh, anywhere from ten to sixteen years old, you're, you know, the body's still developing. Would you say would be a safe age to start lifting weights? Because yeah, you hear the rumor of it stunts growth and, and, right, and so right. on.
1: Right, um, that's a great question. It's often hard hard to answer generally, and it's something I always say to parents and kids, it really depends on, on that kid and their movement ability. And I guess for me why it's so important why I perform a movement assessment in the first place, um, because I, I right now we've got a young little eight-year-old girl who's an absolute leffin, she's an absolute machine. Now her, I would train her more like I would train an older teenager um, than compared to some of the younger ones, just because she is so coordinated, she is so developed already. Um, But again, a lot of kind of staying away from the traditional um, weightlifting and things like that. I'm not real big on having kids, you know, do massive power cleans and and, and massive deadlifts and bench presses and squats and things like that, just because they are still growing. Um, And depending on their sport, most of the time I don't even really care about their overall strength. Um, I really just care about their sports performance. Um, So it's kind of one of those things that it's hard to say on the age. It really depends on, you know, on, on that kid. Uh, and how well they can move and, and handle load as well because that's the thing If they can't do you know a squat very well body weight and then you try to load it you know with a barbell or or kettlebell or something like that oftentimes it's going to make the movement pattern even worse uh, and that yeah. can cause a whole bunch of uh, musculoskeletal injuries so um, I guess uh, yeah it's kind of hard to answer that question and give like a really specific age like you said because I've trained eight-year-old kids all the way up to you know 17 18 year olds it really kind of just depends on on that kid and, and, and how good they are. Um, yeah, individual basis, things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how I address everything. It's, it's really hard to make, um, kind of general statements across the board. I pretty much treat every athlete and every client as an individual.
0: Perfect. So as business grows, do you see the company having different locations across the United States, say like New York city, Chicago, Atlanta, Houston, or is this something that's going to stay uh just kind of where you guys are now and build the online presence yeah that's, that's
1: a great question um we're 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 probably not going to go with a kind of traditional like franchise model where we'll end up with a whole bunch of gyms you know in, in cities all around America, but um we are definitely going to have uh, multiple locations um We're in talks right now to get a a training lab uh, affiliate out over on the east Coast. Um, can't say where yet, but that that info will be coming soon, um, as well as the potential for a couple locations around the world um, as well. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to have multiple locations, but definitely the online um it is kind of where we're headed especially with the with the online consulting and coaching as well as the uh the online um courses and, and education stuff that we provide as well um, but yeah we're definitely going to have multiple locations it'll just depend on kind of growth and you know we're kind of not in a hurry we want to get things done right make sure we got all our processes and plans uh, in place first before we start bringing in other coaches and things like that
0: cool uh, do you guys any off? Do you guys offer any services in the form of travel? Let's say an MMA gym um, in New York needs a strength and conditioning coach, but it's not financially doable for them to have one on their team full time. Would they be able to call you guys and maybe have you send somebody out for a couple weeks or a month? Or is that not something that you do?
1: Um, yeah, no, that's definitely something we can do. Um, I, I've done some kind of tours like that um, personally myself where, where teams have kind of paid me to come out for a week or two and kind of look at what they're doing, maybe consult a little bit and, you know, start adding in some of these things into your program or maybe taking some of these things out. Um, that I mean, it's always an option. It's always a definite uh, possibility. I love traveling, um, especially when somebody else is paying for it. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's great. I, I'm a real big believer in, in, in idea sharing and collaborating and, and things like that. So, you know, yes, we have our own athletes and our own team here, but um, uh, another big thing that, you know, I'm I'm very, uh, uh, like I said, I guess excited about or, or whatever is just is sharing that. So, you know, if there is a team out there that, that, that's interested in some of our services and process and stuff, by all means, please get in touch.
0: Very cool. Um, yeah. How many coaches are under the banner right now? And do you know how many more you see being added in the future, uh, in the near future? Do uh, you mean uh, directly that at, the, directly
1: at the training lab? Yes. Uh, okay, so right now it's just myself under Coach Cal. Um, we, we've just brought in uh, another coach. So we started uh, last year a coaching mentorship. Um, basically as part of our Institute of Advanced Performance and a lot of the online courses that we provide. And that's where coaches, once they kind of do the online program, they get to come in and work with, with myself and, and Coach Cal and a lot of the athletes um, hands-on. So we've got to bring in two more. Um, one of them's kind of uh, Hannah, her name is, she, she focuses on a lot of uh, yoga and nutrition and things like that. She's a great help. Um, and then also another coach, uh, Preston, he's going to be coming in and helping me with a lot of the uh, MMA athlete stuff. Um, but in terms of the next few coaches we got coming, um, with our Institute of Events Performance, uh, we, we actually are starting to certify coaches all over the world. We just certified our very first one in Australia, actually, only last week. So as of now, we we are international. Um, but anybody can get involved in any of our programs uh, and coaching and things like that. And, again, as we kind of build and, and increase our online um, offerings as well as potential for other um, Locations and facilities will definitely be looking for more coaches. I'm always looking for for more and and great coaches. Um, I've hired and fired a lot of a lot of coaches over the years. A lot of coaches that you know have really really great academic um, and university degrees, um, but the the biggest problem is they don't have a whole lot of, of experience. You know, and especially experiencing uh, experience working with high profile athletes. So that's kind of what we designed the coaching mentorship. Uh, program four is it so people will not only have access to a lot of the great information out there, but they get the hands on experience as well, because that coaching that's kind of the most important part for me at the end of the day, you know, it's great if you have a whole textbook and knowledge inside your head, but if you don't have the ability to communicate it to another person, it, it almost becomes useless. Um, yeah, so Yeah, definitely. I guess to, to answer your question, we, we've got two more coaches coming under us, uh, I guess, in the short term, as well as pretty much an infinite possibility for for new coaches in the future so if anybody is interested in that um you know definitely get in touch start off with our online programs and and then just kind of we'll be starting a lot of uh workshops and seminars and stuff um here at the facility but as well we'll be filming those and and sharing them online as well for for everybody out there so yeah it's pretty kind of exciting times you got a lot going on
0: yeah y'all you guys i mean just as a fan of and, you know, the sport of MMA, you guys are definitely going to be skyrocketing in very short years to come. I mean, you can just see the uh, the attention that's been brought to the team over the last couple of years, um, yeah. you know, just recently, and it's definitely only going to get bigger. Do you guys plan on becoming a fight team? Do you guys plan on having an in-house MMA full gym? Yeah, yeah, or- we're,
1: we're going to. Um, our head coach, Mark Munoz, um, he's going to create uh, Rain Wrestling, or sorry, not... He already has rain wrestling. We're going to have Team Rain uh, MMA, um, and he's actually overseas right now doing a USO tour for the troops. Um, and so once he gets back, uh, he and I will will sit down and we'll start um, kind of bringing in some people. Maybe have some like a, like a probationary period for people to kind of try out and, and try to get on the team, um, as well as you know inviting in some some special guests and things like that. So we eventually kind of foresee it where we'll have an amateur team and a pro team. Um, just kind of depending on, you know, who who wants to be involved and in, in different things like that. MMA can get kind of weird, um, you know, because there are so many different teams out there and people have connections with some people and, you know, they got beef with other people and stuff like that. So we personally are going to try to stay away from a, a lot of all of that. Um, you know, we're just here to help people essentially at the end of the day. We just happen to help a lot of mixed martial arts athletes as well. Um, but, you know, a, MMA is definitely something. I mean, it's a big part of what we do. Um, you know, it's always going to be, you know, kind of the heart and soul of of, of what Mark uh, Munoz has done. And uh, Mark Munoz was actually Coach Cow's first ever MMA athlete that he started working with. So it's kind of cool oh, okay. that it's gone, you know, gone, it's gone full circle. Um, and he's now working together with us in that. So, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Um, right now we have a a, a, a few athletes kind of coming in. Of course, uh, Warren Archuleta is getting ready for his big title fight um, at the start of that Bellator Tournament coming up here in a couple weeks, so it's kind of been all hands on deck for him. And uh, we're kind of we're we're not even technically open yet um, at at the facility. We've still got a lot of building um, and construction and stuff going on. Um, So it's kind of you know guys have been chopping and changing in between. But yeah, definitely excited about uh, the future in that department as well.
0: Very cool. Well, so touching on that, and then back to a previous question I asked (laughs) you about about offering uh, traveling services with having a gym and then also offering you know services to help other people if you were to travel to another gym would the person that's going to be traveling be separated from the fight team because so a gym wants to bring somebody in they don't feel that there's going to be any kind of i'll just say shenanigans with you guys sending somebody out to work with them
1: yeah yeah of course um i, I guess we'd have to take a look at what, what that even looks like i guess if they were going to fly somebody out there, it would have to be me because I'm the only coach here right now full time. And I am also working with the, uh, the fighters and things like that. So, um, I guess maybe down the, down the line, when we do have, um, other coaches that are kind of learn some of our processes and stuff, we could kind of send them out, uh, on our behalf as well. Um, but yeah, again, it's, it, we try to stay away from a lot of that uh, kind of hoopla that, you know, comes in professional sports and it's not just MMA. Uh, I was at, I worked at two different division one colleges and you get a lot of the same, um you know kind of stuff there i think it's just a nature of the beast you know when you're dealing with these kind of sports and and egos and people and you know it's just a lot of moving parts you know, try to keep a lot of people happy
0: <laughs> yeah for sure all right well this is something that we talked about privately and if you just want to say no comment because i do know that it's something that's you know out of your hands and not your decision and so forth but if you wouldn't mind kind of discussing what happened with tj and with with him in the gym, and uh, if you have anything to share there or if it's something you can't talk about. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: I I, I can talk about what I know. Um, Of course, uh, there's a lot of the conversations happened between uh, TJ and Coach Cal that I wasn't even there for or really privy to. Um, Of course, the unfortunate thing of what came out and what he was uh, uh, busted for um, Coach Cal actually decided to, to to back him and support him on that end. You know, just everybody deserves a second chance. We all make mistakes. Um, I think there are a couple of conversations about how we're going to build the fight team moving forward um, that kind of just came to a disagreement where they were both, you know, like, let's just agree to agree to disagree and, and go our separate ways. Um, so, sure. you know, it, it's it's just kind of where it's at right now. I don't know what the future will hold. Um, again, I'm kind of just here to do to, to, to my job. and kind of keep my head down and, and my mouth shut and, and just listen and, and listen and learn. And, yeah, a lot of that, honestly, uh, I wasn't even really involved with, so I, I, I don't really have the uh, ability to say much other
0: than that. Okay, yeah, no problem. So you said Juan Art is still there. Is Cub uh, is still going to be working with you guys?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, I've been working with Cub um, on the strength and conditioning side of things. Um, he kind of he's doing a, a bit of a split camp. Um, he travels out to Indio um, once a week because he's still out there with a uh, whole uh, Diaz, the, the really really good boxing coach, um, who I think hey, Cub's been Cub's been with him for pretty much his entire career. So we kind of got a split thing going on when the guys are here, they'll jump in and, and jump into the strength and conditioning. And then, um, you know, they'll go and get their work in with a lot of other people. And that's also another thing that makes it really hard to, to build a fight team, almost like building, you know, like an NFL team or franchise. Like one, of course it's an individual sport, but two, you've got so many different guys with their different styles. Uh, oftentimes they all have completely different coaches um, you know, they might yeah. work together with one Muay Thai coach, but then one of them is like, no, nah, you know what, I really like the boxing style of this coach over here. Or another one might, you know, this is my jiu-jitsu coach. He's been my jiu-jitsu coach for 10, 15 years. So even if we have a, a team and a head coach and our own coaches, a lot of them still kind of go off and, and do their own thing with, with other coaches as well. So, you know, that that's something that's just a part of, of mixed martial arts and, and the way it goes. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know where I was going with that. I got sidetracked.
0: <laughs> Well, I know I know I know, I understand what you're saying and I really think uh kinda of like what you said before, you know, you guys wanna bring in people that are gonna be cohesive with each other. And mm-hmm. you know, I think if uh, you know, you guys got one archaletta there, you got Cub Swanson there, um, you got Marino's, you know, gonna be the head coach there, you know, you bring in a couple more guys, you know, five, six more guys or whatever, coming in even part time and they get to feel each other out and you know, even if they're only there part-time and then going back to a uh, their main current main gym, you know, over time, you get enough absolute killers and, you know, chance working with you guys. Guys will slowly, you know, be with you more and more and more percentage of the time. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, only a matter of time until you guys get that guy's year-round, definitely. so...
1: That, that's kind of the plan. Of course, where Mark Munoz has gone, he's gone for, I think, like a month. So we kind of knew that was coming up, you know, earlier in the year. Um, so we haven't really, you know, pushed uh, trying to build a, a, a team yet until he is back and he can kind of take yeah. it over, you know, full time with his full uh, time and attention, um, which he's great at. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's exciting times. I think what we're trying to do um, in the future has really never been done before in the history of MMA in terms of, like, the facility that we're going to have. With a lot of the sports performance and recovery side of things. And then on top of that, just kind of the culture and camaraderie that we build uh, with MMA. So it's one of those things that, you know, it's because it's never been done before, a lot of people don't quite understand it. So it's, you know, the, that kind of like they say, the cost of vision, you got to be able to see years ahead of time. And that's kind of where, where we're at right now as a, as a staff. Um, you know, working with the guys that we still have who are still fighting, we got guys, um, you know, that I work with personally almost on a daily basis. Um, they still got fights coming up, you know. I guess more in your like amateur level, or um, they're they're pro, but they're not quite you know uh, that upper echelon pro yet, where they haven't quite cracked into you know like a Bellator or a one FC. But we've got a bunch of guys on the local circuit here in California that are starting to do really well um, and make names for themselves. So you know, we're really just kind of here to help and support a lot of that.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. This one might be a little bit of an odd question, but with the UFC now having their Performance Institute with Ben been around for a little while now, has they ever reached out to Coach Cale to oh, maybe yeah. check out what they're going, or I mean you know, because he made just such a huge splash in the game very recently on a huge level it's definitely in the m m a world so yeah uh, it's kind of it's kind
1: of it's kind of a funny one because, you know again, like you said it's it kind of new, and he made this big old splash in the m m a world um, I think just because a lot of the, the the attention and media and stuff that we're getting earlier in the year. Um, but what Coach Cal's been doing, he's been doing it for a whole number of years, you know, 20 to 30 years almost. And, of course, he's only getting better and only creating more and more algorithms and, and science and stuff. It's really cool. But pretty much uh, from what I understand, like almost every organization has had somebody reach out to, to try to get in touch with Cal and learn what he's doing with the weight cuttings. Side of things, so I mean that's the the UFC PI, Bellator. I know he's talked to people at One FC. Um, I know the guys at the California California State Athletic Commission are constantly calling him. Um, at one point, it felt like they were calling him almost once a week, just trying to figure <laughs> out like, hey, how do these numbers work? And he's like, here, here's how, here's the math, here's where it is, here's how much water is in this person's body at this point in time, and like all this stuff. Like I said, it's it's so next level. It, it's actually really profound. Um, so yeah, I think some you know. Pe- All all MMA organizations right now want, you know, the Cal method and and, and how Coach Cal can be so effective with with his weight cutting and things like that. So a few little bits and pieces I'm sure we'll start sharing um, over the next few years. But uh, at the same time, a lot of it, too, you know, that's his bread and butter. That's his secret weapon. Um, He's keeping that close to his heart for his own fighters. So. Um, You know, we're always up to to, to consulting and and helping out and especially with the weight cutting. Unfortunately, there's so many people out there doing it just the wrong ways and hurting themselves and, you know, diminishing their performance and, you know, literally putting themselves into, you know, kind of critical care almost, you know, being rushed to hospital and things like that. So, of course, none of us want to see that happen um, at all. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of work that needs to be done in the uh, realm of weight cutting for, for these sports. So that's something that we're definitely big on. Um, we're actually starting to put together the uh, preliminary stages for specific certification. Um, so for all for the already professional coaches and things out there that want to start learning some of these methods and how they're how they're so effective and why they're so effective, we're going to start putting together as well. Um, so yeah, I guess to answer your question, yeah, somebody from the US CPI has gotten in touch with Cal. Um, uh, quite a few times
0: now. <laughs> oh, that's cool that he's taking the phone call and you know, um, you know, putting safety of guys and and, and gals, you know, first when mm-hmm. he's getting a phone call from somebody that large in, in the business. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, to make sure that they're being safe. Because I don't know if you uh, if you watched The Ultimate Fighter when it first started out, but I want to say it was season one Ultimate Fighter, and they actually aired. Uh, I can't recall which fighter was making weight. But, I mean, they had three guys just dragging him from the floor back into the sauna <laughs> to lay him back on the floor, and then they sat in front of the door so he couldn't get back out. I mean, it's uh, it's eye-opening, and I really hope a lot of people who are new fans today kind of go back and watch that particular scene, which I'll look it up and, and post which one it was uh, when I yeah, load yeah. this. But, I mean, it, it's eye-opening, the you know, the depths that guys would go to back in the day just oh, makes a yeah. to go out there and fight the next day.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, even, even, even today you still see some of the way that guys are cutting weight or even hearing about some of the ways that they're cutting weight. It's just like, man, it's, it, it's madness. You know, it really is. Um, yeah. so I think that's, kind of you know in these sports that's that's probably the area that you need the biggest improvement i mean one fc's kind of tried to change it around a little bit by now not having any uh, weight divisions or not having any weight cuts where you i believe you have to stay within a certain range kind of at all times throughout the year um so that that might be a way to, to get around it but um, also, you know, just, just learning and understanding, you know, the, the principles of weight cutting and not, not doing it by dehydration. That's not the only way to cut weight. Um, I think that's one of the most kind of, I guess, misunderstood, uh, or misused ways of cutting weight is just by dehydrating. Um, you know, we do, we do do a weight cut and the guys do jump in the sauna and, and they sweat a lot, but, you know, you start looking at the numbers that Coach Cow has with these algorithms and he, he, he monitors Pretty much everything, like uh, I know the last fight with TJ that he lost, a lot of the guys are saying that, you know, the weight cut is what caused him to be on balance and different things like that. When you look at Coach Cal, if you look at all of his algorithms, you can see how much water he had in his body at the time, and he was tracking it for, like I said, like 72 days before the fight. Um, So, again, it's kind of with the numbers. You're just going by what the numbers say, Um, and that's why he is talking to people like the California State Athletic Commission because they're looking and be like, hey, how do these numbers make sense? And then once Coach Cal can explain them, they're like, oh, wow, like, we've never seen anything like this before. Well, of course you haven't because Coach Cow's the one that came up with it. He's <laughs> the one right. that came up with the science behind it.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, it's anything that you guys or anybody can do to make it, to make it safer because you definitely don't want to see somebody's career get cut short from right. the, you know, cutting weight unsafely, you know, unsafe which can lead to, you know, bad performance and getting severely hurt, you know, inside the cage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you definitely want to see longevity out of, you know, out of a lot of these fighters.
1: Yeah, um, so you
0: announced your podcast. Uh, where can people yeah. find it? Where can they find you um, to learn more about yourself, about the gym, what you guys got going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just myself is uh, Coach Boss T-Lab Instagram, uh, and then Instagram for the work page is training underscore lab. Um, that's, of course, Training with Rain in the Middle, R-E-I-G-N. Um, I just started a podcast last week. I only posted up the little 15-minute intro. Um, it's called The Boss Cost. Right now it's on Spotify and Anchor. I'm working to get it on a few other platforms. Um, I'm absolutely new to this podcasting game myself, so um, I've got a lot to learn. I'm sure I'll get it out on, on a couple other platforms as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's kind of how to get a hold of me. I don't do too much of the social media stuff I don't have a Twitter or anything like that so pretty much just uh, through the Instagram and of course our website as well traininglab.com. lab um, if you're interested in any of the uh, Programs or HTMA the hair test that we were talking about earlier um, all that can be found on the website
0: Fantastic well. Hey, I appreciate your time. Uh, we've been talking back and forth for About a week or so trying to get this lined up. I know you're an extremely busy person. So I definitely appreciate the time, and uh I hope some people take advantage of, you know, the offers that you guys got going on, especially being able to do stuff online with you. I mean, that's something where it doesn't matter where you live. You know, it's, like I said, I'm over in Michigan, and there's a couple of gyms here with uh, some good training, but, I mean, anybody that's even going and doing um CrossFit, you know, would definitely benefit greatly from being able to get some samples out to you guys and going over a program, so... I hope
1: will uh, oh, take advantage of it. Definitely. Actually, funny you spoke of CrossFit. Um, we just started working with a few CrossFit athletes um, internationally as well, some big timers. So we've got a couple of announcements coming in that department as well. But, yeah, essentially we work with any human and any, any athlete, any sport. Um, you know, that's really what we're here to do is just to kind of you know, help and, and start spreading a lot of this kind of good information out there as well and dispelling a lot of myths and stuff that people can kind of come across thanks to the fitness industry, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, we're we're really just here to help at the end of the day.
0: Fantastic. Well, hey, I appreciate it. And I uh, hope to talk to you again soon. And uh, I hope the uh, fight gym just rolling when Mark gets back and uh, nothing but success.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. It was a great chat and I uh, look forward to doing it again.
0: All right, take care.
1: All right, you too. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, everybody. So that was the episode with uh, Coach Boss. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Definitely, if you have the opportunity to, go online, check out their website, look at some of their educational stuff that they've got going on, things that you can sign up for. Uh, It would definitely be a great asset for anybody to have, like he said, anywhere from kids all the way up to professional athletes. And if you do sign up for anything, or just remember in the message box, just put promo-spectator in there, then they'll know where you got it from, and you'll be able to take advantage of any discounts or anything that they got going on. Again, please give us five-star rating anywhere that you're listening, a follow, a like, tag some friends, check out Instagram, follow there, tag a couple friends on any of the episodes that you think they might find interesting, any of the posts, and uh definitely follow for all your plate news. All right, everybody. I'll see you next time.